Hey, everybody. Welcome back to You're Going to Die, the podcast. Nice to be in your ear again. How are you today? I'm just going to sit quietly for a second and give you a chance to answer that like I'm listening. Okay? Go. Oh. Mmm. Mmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I get that. I get that. Go on. Mmm. <laughs> I love you, too. No, thank you. Thank you. That's so sweet of you to say. Ooh, that's rough. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, thank you for sharing. It's so nice to to hear where you're at right now. Um, did that work? Did you try it? Just rewind. If you didn't actually try it, just rewind the podcast and do it again and, and actually uh, have a conversation with me. Let me know how it goes. You can actually let me know how it goes in this way. Uh, thank you to all the people that have been sending in some reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you hold on till the end of this episode, you're going to get to hear some of those words. Uh, that people are sharing. And we're going to try to make it a habit of doing more and more of this is our community of listeners. And here is a place for them to share what they feel about what we're sharing, but also what they feel about things in general. We'll get to that later. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But it's an early recommendation or request that you take some of what you're feeling about the episodes and get on Apple Podcasts. Literally, if you're listening in Apple Podcasts right now, it's as simple as going to the podcast page and clicking the stars and writing a little review super easy and you can be like hey yeah hey this episode was like this and it felt this way to answer your question about how i'm doing i think it's a great place to start the how are you doing in the interview that i'm sharing with you in this episode that's how the conversation starts in fact i think mostly when i do the interviews i'm doing that it's a real genuine request for how are you right now and I guess it's a chance in a way that we all know how it goes in a day when you run into someone and they're like, how are you? And you you say, okay, but it doesn't really speak to really what you're feeling. And Thea's wonderful in that she really digs in. And it is important to hear a real, authentic, full answer about how you're doing right now. And when you listen to her, you'll hear why. Thea is a special guest in that she is one of the first guests to be one of the oldest friends to You're Going to Die. And I met Thea years ago, maybe around 2014, in the heyday of You're Going to Die, You're Going to Die Poetry, Prose, and Everything Goes, when that's all that You're Going to Die was, was a monthly open mic held in the basement of Viracocha on Valencia Street in San Francisco Mission. And so it's really cool to have her on the podcast and you'll hear the emotion and laughter and joy that come with knowing someone for this many years through this work. I'm really honored to know her, of course, in general as a friend for all that time, but also to get to be a part of the arc of her writing. Thea Matthews is a wonderfully powerful writer and human being and her book, Unearth the Flowers just got published by Red Light Lit Press. Shout out to Red Light Lit. What, what? And she is born and raised in San Francisco 
and is a Brooklyn-based poet of African and indigenous Mexican heritage. She has work in the New Republic, Atlanta Review, The Rumpus, and others, and, and currently is an MFA poetry candidate at NYU. And so to know her from the beginning, when she tells her story, her story is that Maybe You're Going to Die was one of the earliest open mics she went to to share her words. And then now to know her these years later and get to read this book and hold it in my hand like I am right now is really special, feels really meaningful and personally, but also connected to the organization. I remember the first moment of her getting on stage and feeling the visceral power of her poetry and her emotion and her loss. I talked to her actually in the interview about what those original works were about and a particular loss of someone really important to her in her life named Will. And that's where I started to know her and her grief and her loss, but also her power as a writer. And it's worth acknowledging that those beginning years, having artists like her come into the space, that's where I learned what it meant to be creative and express grief. And while these many years later, maybe the events, the open mics are a lot more of people showing up that aren't practice writers or musicians, there is some of that. Thea is from a time when more of the show was populated by artists. More of the open mics were populated by the artist community in San Francisco. And so it's a pretty unique time for You're Going to Die to come into being. And certainly for me to learn what it means to hold that space and how far you can take expressing yourself and your grief and your loss and your tears. There's this back and forth in the interview with Thea where we're acknowledging each other for kind of being these things. And that's what it was like then. We were holding a space. It still is that. We're all just kind of doing it together. You're going to die is about community doing it together. But back then, in the beginning, it was like, what is this? I don't know. All I know is I want to talk about my mom. And Thea shows up and says, all I know is I want to talk about Will. And that's the beginning. It's the exploration of what's possible. And it's always that. But years in, things have been figured out. And Thea is from the beginning. And so it's really special to have her on the podcast today and to share this conversation with you. I hope you enjoy this special episode with Thea Matthews talking about her writing and her relationship with You're Going to Die and her being in the world and reading from her new book of poetry titled Unearth the Flowers. Honestly, like reading spiritual-based literature has been really helpful for me to connect with myself and to have this trust and intuition um, to not allow myself to be influenced by superfluous thoughts, uh, ex external circumstances, rhetoric, you know, um, it's just like how to just really turn inward and have that be like the infinite source of wisdom, of guidance um, to pull from. And so, you know, been seeking like prayer, meditation, um, just, you know, and when I go outside, 
looking around and just what can I truly appreciate and honor and you know, taking a walk through Dolores Park. Yes, there's a lot of opinions I can say to shit talk the spot. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't like I just like I really admired the greenery mm. and the connection. These pockets of people, you know, seeking connection mm-hmm. um, and not judging, you know, trying to measure the distance. Just like, OK, people <laughs> right. are connecting. <laughs> <laughs> we know you and, need uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> and then getting up to the top and like, you know, looking at the sky and like the landscape and the skyscrapers and there's a hawk flying and like just be in it, like be immersed in it all. Mm. So just trying to find ways to just quiet the mind, be still, because very much like right now, it, it's easy to be not still, right? To be mm-hmm. caught up in the frenzy of uncertainty of um challenge and i get it and so it's like a tennis match you know and so you just happen to catch me on the other side of like <laughs> yeah totally. i will be still <laughs> <laughs> yeah good i mean i would have been down down for either side but i'm glad that's how you're feeling today yeah, yeah. I, I relate Thanks. to that i got out it's it's like there is i have to admit there is this this version of me that i think maybe relates to my childhood having a house that I could get into my room to be safe from the shit that's going on in the family or in the world and having that inclination now where it's not just good because we need to take care of each other and be thoughtful about space and being with other people. There starts to be an inclination for me to like be bound to my couch or bound to the indoors and feeling anxiety even when I think about things shifting and suddenly needing to go out into the world, not even because the pandemic, like post pandemic feeling like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, like shit's going to go back to us needing to all be, all be around each other again. Like that makes me anxious, <laughs> but feeling the breakthrough of even walking with the kids today to go like pick up a burrito down through the city and feel the sun you felt and be in the stroll and feel my daughter like grab my hand, which is like rarer and rarer occasion as she gets older and just be like, Mm -hmm. Oh, 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 okay. It's all right. It's okay. Right. Yeah. Dude. Like just been resting in the silver linings and just the little things makes all the difference, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff that I would have taken for granted, like from eye contact to like, yes. Like, you know, I think one of the things I was reflecting on, prior to this um, interview was how artists, how as a poet, I utilize my creativity to immortalize the dead, to bring to life the spirit, whether that spirit is of resiliency, whether that spirit is of a child who had to endure a horrific childhood, whether that is an adult um, who's heartbroken, creativity, opens that realm honestly it opens the portal it can almost i don't want to i mean i know ouija board is kind of like taboo so i I don't even think that that's almost sounds like a disservice to compare it to that but it's Mm. like it becomes a portal like it Mm -hmm. opens and unlocks the door right to the uh, to the spirit realm that's what i'm trying to get at yeah like yeah Uh, how 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 early in your writing do you feel like you understood that that's what was happening um, or also did it not happen right away? Do you feel like you get to that eventually? 
you know, from the very beginning, when I started writing poems, it was very much, I guess you could say confessional to an extent where, you know, it was the I, you know, very much driven by the I and this um, divulgence of self, um, where I would not be able to hold a, you know, what I said through poetry was not what I held in conversations with people. And so coming to poetry, it was just like arriving to a promised land, honestly, arriving to a place of freedom, arriving to a place where I can communicate and make this, the unseen seen, right? The unheard heard. I got a real, in, I got a real intuition when I'm reading your poetry because I keep reading about the locked doors and I uh-huh. keep thinking about what happened when the doors were locked and was it writing, you know, did you, is that what was found? And if it's literal, you know, but even if it's not like what happened behind the doors, you know, coming across poetry, you know, writing poem one, poem two, poem three on, you know, binder paper. Um, it wasn't that like I wrote those poems because I read a poem somewhere else, you know, or a poet, you know, deeply inspired me like those, my very first few poems came from this dire need of a young adolescent um, who was just in so much pain. Mm-hmm. She needed to speak, right? Like she just created these these death poems, really. Mm-hmm. Um, these like farewell, goodbye life death poems. Um, is Seaside Daisy about Will? Seaside Daisy is about this, um, about my last partner, Stephen. Mm-hmm. And Stephen died Christmas uh of 2016 seaside daisy not everyone swims the depth i swim faces appear disappear then reappear on oil stained streets and for once i would like to go a week without thinking of him His death haunts me like a relentless weed who grows all year round, occupies the soil in a sit-in, defies time, protests the seasons, calls my name to the shore I once called body. Waves wash over me. I am home, eyes navigable, body a blimp, blood purified. Waves dissolve memories, the names we print on sand. I swore his fingers would grow old with the silver strands of his hair, but they will not. He left before me. These were men in my life that I've deeply loved and have died suddenly, tragically, and uh, in my opinion, too soon. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, right? Like we die when we die, um, but it's heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking, you know, to be like, wow, like, didn't even make it to 30, yeah. you know, didn't make yeah. it to 40. And it's That's just like, there's, chill, 
it's too soon, you know, and I think any age is too soon, right? It's just the Mostly. sudden, yeah. right? <laughs> I guess so, right? I mean, when I'm 100, I'm like, yo, I need to go. Yeah, I got to get going, you guys. I'm like, see, my kids got this Guinness World Book of Records book with, like, people living to 117, and they've got their photos there. I'm like, are they feeling pretty good about this record? Like, is this, are, they, are they good on this? Um, yeah. Hi, everybody. Ned here. Just wanted to pop in and slow us down a bit. This is the usual mid-show break. Just a chance to say hi and connect a bit more. You to me and you to more of what we're up to at You're Going to Die. But also, we take these moments to kind of slow down and get present, or at least I do. It just feels really good to add this kind of experience and even for me to record it. Last episode, I talked about how rain isn't happening enough or or long enough. And so suddenly it dawned on me today, getting ready to record this mid-show moment, that we can just make it rain. So we're going to make it rain. And (laughs) I'm instantly imagining you imagining me just making it rain like with bills in the palm of my hand make it rain um but no i mean you know like the sound of rain the pitter patter y'all the pitter patter so that's what we're doing we're in the rain and i'm stopping you under your umbrella to say hey hey uh if you want to find out more about you're going to die and what we're up to just go to www.yg2d.com and you can find out from there all the programs that we're doing hospice and prison programs all the events we do the open mic we do once a month the workshops we're offering now once a month around grief and healing the open mics as a space for community to express themselves and listen to each other and so then deepen connectivity and our aliveness so definitely do that And we are still without a sponsor, so we can use your help. So if you want to go to that website, yg2d.com, and click on Donate, you can not only go there to support our event programming and our workshops and our nonprofit programming, but you can donate specifically to the podcast. And that happens through PayPal. And if you need other ways to figure out how to donate, just shoot me a note at ned at yg2d.com. And I'll happily give you more options. But for now, that's all I want to say. I just want to stop there and give us a chance to listen to this rain. Imagine with your eyes closed if you can. And you're not driving down a freeway right now. But you, you can close your eyes safely and be in these drops. And I'm in your ear, and the water drops are near. And as far as you can tell, right here, everything's okay.
Okay, so how did I come across her going to die? Uh, mm-hmm. I was in deep grief with Will's death. Will died, like I said, July 2014. Um, I used to work in the mission in a little boutique clothing store. So I was like, you know, in the area. And I think I was just Googling like literary events. I think so. Because I was like, how did I find you? And it was like, I remember just being on the computer. And I was like, oh. There's this reading that's happening at this place called Veracocha. I think it started with Google. Got to give them some credit, I think. But then, like, <laughs> everything else, I know, right? Everything else, though, I, like, was, like, no, I who scripted it? You know what I mean? Like, and, because, yeah, like, you have to get there early if you want to sign up, if you want to get a good seat. Because, you know, Veracocha, back in the day, you had to walk down these steps mm. and, like, <laughs> get it in this space that... <laughs> You know, it was kind of, you know, it was spacious, but it was still like. No, it gets tight. Um, it, it was, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, definitely not yeah. a ton of seats, like no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. yeah limited seating. Um, yeah. It can easily reach capacity very quickly, which it did often. Hence, got to get there hella early. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things that I truly love, deeply admire um, with your going to die and especially you, Ned was that y'all taught me that it's okay to cry, publicly cry, publicly mourn, feel, you know, like, and just, I don't even know if I have the words for it, really, Mm -hmm. because um, I feel like anything I say, there's something to be said when the audience, when we can, when there's, when tears are shared, Mm -hmm. there is something to be said when tears can be shared. And when the God within, you know, can he, like identify the God in another, you know, and um, the soul, the soul cries, the soul wounds um, and releasing it. Right. So like where the audience would just become a river of tears, you know, and like it just washes away, though. It's not like, oh, we're drowning in it. It's mm-hmm. like, no, it we're releasing it. Mm-hmm. And it like, you know. We're all like experience, you know, we all get to experience a cleansing, so to speak, um, by remembering and hearing each other's stories, you know, each other's loves who have passed in various ways. And the connections, you know, everything mattered, you know, like I, I, you know, one memory is coming to mind right now. I can't recall her name. I remember sitting with her at the bar. She was signed up to read a piece with her, you know, for her friend. And, you know, she was saying like, oh, it's been like five, six years. And I still think about him, you know, and just like how like the memory keeps people alive. And when we share and write these pieces, like we get to still remember the pulse of that human being. And, um, and so Best believe my first, you know, became then a routine, <laughs> you know, so I kept yeah, coming I know. back. I know. What you remind me of in remembering that, too, is the your words would get acknowledged by the river of tears. But what's so wild and you have me realizing is that your words were acknowledging the tears. I mean, that's what brings them forth. It's the calling forth your words, yeah. right? calling forth the dead, call forth the tears. It, it's both. It is an acknowledgement for the power of you as an artist and a writer and a being, mm-hmm. but 
it's 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 the acknowledgement goes both ways and then there is this buoyancy created by the water to you're right mm-hmm. we don't drown we're like lifted um, mm-hmm. yes yes there is definitely this buoyancy this resiliency yeah mm-hmm. that keeps us afloat because you're right there is no drowning right yep. in grief and it's many you know it's a common uh perception that like oh we do drown in grief and it's like mm. no in fact like it can actually be a testament to our buoyancy mm. by grieving by feeling right the beautiful and provocative thing like most pro- yeah provocative but you're going to die was that it was to embrace embrace the tears like embrace the feelings embrace yourself and be held by the music and the words that are swirling around you, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, unearth the flowers. This, uh, you know, is my first book, and um, it had to come out. I think it was a little bit selfish, but I just know too <laughs> that it serves as an act of service, totally. right? And looking at trauma recovery, the later, or how do I say? I don't want to say high tiers of recovery, but there is um, a segment of it where it becomes um, visible. Like there's a act of, like it becomes um, an act of advocacy. Mm-hmm. Lilac is the poem that reminds me of something you said, because it's mm-hmm. about uh, taking care of yourself, taking care of the child, de- dealing with the trauma. Do you feel like Lilac is that kind of poem? Yeah. And so is Dandelion too. You know, mm-hmm. speaking to like inner child work, because, you know, in many ways we die each day. And in many ways, you know, our own personal eras are little lifespans that die, mm-hmm. you know. And so like the death of my childhood, you know, based on the betrayal that took place. Yeah. You know, I acknowledge that, you know, and then I really speak to the healing to the taking care of, to um, the buoyancy, right? That comes after grief or grieving. I'll use that as a verb, right? The buoyancy that comes from grieving. Yeah. Do you think always, you said like to grieve, it doesn't mean that you'll drown, but do you feel like you can drown in the grief? And and then this, I connect that to a similar thing I was thinking about with your writing there's a line from marigold that says everything can be healed and yes i want i was like do you really i mean i want you to believe it but it's like (laughs) my question is like do you really believe it do you really believe it do you really believe grief means buoyancy like you if you grieve you will be buoyant and can everything be healed yes i do believe that we are social creatures, right? So when I forget, I have people like you to remind me <laughs> what is real. Mm-hmm. It is a process, a practice. It is a journey. Um, and, you know, it is, you know, it's, it's open too, right? Like healing can look different. You know, I don't want to say anything to the extent of like, oh, I'll, you know, an absolute certainty on cures, you know? Like, can everything be healed? But I guess just to speak only regarding grief and um, loss and trauma, 
I do believe that there is healing, like healing can be done. Um, there's nothing that cannot be healed. Um, do you, do you have a, do you have a sense of knowing that and having that wisdom because you've proved, you've proven it? Yes. I think that's the only, that's the only reason, honestly, that <laughs> yeah, I, I lived mean, I through it. Now I say it out loud, it's like, <laughs> well, uh, duh. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> what, what I'm saying. Like, that's what my poetry's yeah. saying, you know? Yeah, I've had to live through it to say, totally. like, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, that's where, like, the power of experience. Mm. You know, like, oh, if you, you know, live to tell the story, it's like, I'm most likely going to trust that person than the other person who's just, you know, relied on textbooks to say mm. that, you know, to give that statement. We get to bear witness to each other, and that's something I commend you for deeply that is um the ability to bear witness to others right and allowing yourself to be witness to with relationship to your mother and to the origin mm. <laughs> origin not to get biblical with it right the creation story <laughs> of your <laughs> the origin story <laughs> but yeah the origin story with you're going to die you know mm. and um allowing yeah it's really important and to bear witness and just thank you mm, yeah thank you Thea Orchid fluttery opalescent moth wings orbit my light strong North Dakota winds remind me stay humbled Jolted awake, silence. The stillness of joy, absence of incarnation. Cessation of all desires await remembrance. Although my eyes saw the first sunrise, my heart remembers the harvest. Seeds root themselves in fecund soil. Seeds grow in solitude, orchids equanimous and upright unfold their fuchsia arms with a subtle grin they hum strong soul rebloom never doubt your propensity to radiate boundless light when you see a moth spirit is near you stand tall illuminate your decipherment of what is true you are worthy of love you are more than Locked bedroom doors, screaming into pillows, signed executive orders, confederate lies sputtering you don't belong here. You are more than crying on cold bathroom tile floors, treacherous red tie speeches, military missiles, drones, bullets erupting arteries, bombs bulldozing the home. You are more than clenched fists. Spray can die pigs, tear gas defiling your lungs, shattered bank windows, masked faces, rifles, black combat boots, splitting faces on asphalt, more than borders, more than skin. Your blood fertilizes this land, our land we give birth to. You are whole, complete, complete like impermeable heat. Feel spirit's long lasting embrace, the embryonic rhythm of life. My God, you are immortal. In your mind, serpents hiss. You are hopeless, 
helpless, nothing more than the incest. Believe you are nothing, believe you are powerless, wallowing in an empty riverbed with a worn noose tied around your neck. But remember, strong soul, your tears, shackles created by someone else's fears, flood your cavern with inflammable oily water. Purify, keep the lungs and heart untied, relax the spine, stretch the groin. Today's march was yesterday's front line. Tomorrow is another struggle. Hey, everybody. So, hello, Nick. Are you there? I'm not going to make this how I bring you in every time. (laughs) Nick, are you there, Nick? Nobody's here. (laughs) It's an accent. (laughs) Uh, Nick Jaina, producer, sound engineer extraordinaire, uh, soundscaping engineer, soundscaper, and uh, also- uh, Four, Four seasons total soundscaping. Yeah, deep. And uh, he, you, to get might, <laughs> you might recognize Nick's voice from recent podcast episodes, but also you might recognize Nick's music that held Thea's poetry in this episode. So Nick, Nick, how are you doing today? Good. Yeah, it was cool to reconnect uh, with Thea. I played with her at a Red Light Lit poetry performance in San Francisco last year. Mm. And she had one of the best instructions for how to accompany her. And it was, maybe I shouldn't repeat it, but it was. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I want to know now. It acknowledged the intimacy of doing such a thing and asking for it more in a very unabashed way that I think a lot of people would be shy about saying. Yeah, I would say I would say in my experience seeing these moments happen in real time there's both the people being shy and then people also being sort of dismissively nonchalant about it on both sides like I'll play with you it's like all right fine play with me and there's no real sort of emotional connected moment of this is how or thank you for doing this or do this more so that to me it sounds unique even in comparison to all the times I've done the shows, the open mics especially, and had a, a a writer ask a musician to play for them. So that mm-hmm. sounds really that sounds yeah. that sounds really uh, like special. It's a real intimate thing. Mm-hmm. I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that we wanted to start making the podcast what even it initially was meant to be we want to include more listener content. And so Nick and I want to make a moment to give you versions of how you can share your world and your experience and your perspective. And so I'm going to list off, I think, four different ways you can send us your stuff. And I'll keep it tight. Here's things we want you to send. Like one, ambient sounds that you're just your favorite sound. Like find the place you love and sit down and record it on your iPhone. It's a park, whatever it is. Second, um, get your review in there. 
we're going to make time to acknowledge people's words about what we're doing. And if you hate what's happening, definitely let us know. We can't wait to talk about it. Three, please write us a letter. You can send that mail to P.O. Box 720040, San Francisco, California, 94172. And we'll read your letter online. It could be about the podcast, but it also could be a little poem. could be a story, but we love snail mail. And fourth, record something less than five minutes long that we can share. And like the open mic, the heart of what we do, it's a chance for you to share what you do and who you are and what you're creating and how you're dealing with our listeners. So you can do that and send it to pod at yg2d.com. Okay, so let's do our let's do a first version of of that, which is the reviews. We've gotten quite a few reviews, right, Nick, in the last week, I'd say. Yeah. I'll I'll bounce some of them off of you. Maybe maybe there's some 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 moments for reflection here and and growth. No, great. I'm <laughs> that's great. No, I'm ready. Jeez, <laughs> just read them. <laughs> uh, Wednesday Walsh says it's like therapy for your ears. Mm-hmm. This podcast holds a little space for you to wonder and breathe, to acknowledge what you've been holding back on, like ending sentences with prepositions. No, just kidding. Uh, if you need a reminder that that's the point of it all, this is it. Um, just like my bi-monthly therapy session, you come out spending an hour with Ned and co a little more prepared to walk out and be yourself. Mine shifted one fractal in the direction of attunement. Wow. Mm. What does that mean? Are you uh, asking me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean to shift a um, your mind one fractal? I think it means like leveling up or leveling down, like changing the aperture of like how you're seeing yeah. the world, right? The- yeah, I think there's like a, you know death is there, it exists, or we're living through this pandemic, like we all get it. And that maybe the podcast offers a <laughs> yeah, moment yeah, of yeah. like pandemic, <laughs> yada yada, we yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, death and dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you just look 15 degrees over here or a fractal of an amount over this way, <laughs> it'll open up a new perspective, like a new part of the ocean, a new stretch of the horizon, maybe. Is, but, do you not think? No, I'm thinking think a, a fractal isn't like a, a distance, but a uh, oh, I'm, a size of scale. No, no, no. I'm, I'm collaborating with you on this understanding. No, listen, I under, I'm just I'm trying to use another metaphor on top of fractals to describe what I think the fractal, because fractals is like a section of a an image. <laughs> You'd be like, here's like a kaleidoscope and a frat. It's a bunch of fractals, and here's an extra fractal to okay, throw. Okay, you want to go to the beach? Go down three fractals, <laughs> take a left, and then turn one fractal. <laughs> To the right. <laughs> yes. Yes. What I'm curious, what I'm interested in by this review is the potential for therapy, this weird line that you're going to die rides up against, which is we're not professionals, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we're not doctors, we're not therapists, but guess what, what we're doing, we hope, and it, as, as it happens, it has offered this is on the level of a session or that kind of, uh, that kind of work that that's what I hear in this. And I hear it a lot, uh, similarly to the, like, this feels like church. It's not church, but it feels like these good parts <laughs> of church. You know what I mean? That's how I hear this, this review. Pilates girl 79 says a conversation with the chief witnesser. 
I think this is the aspect that feels like therapy. I've been a fan of Ned Buzzkirk and YG Duty for years now. I've been to his open mics at Vera Coach of the Lost Church and more recently on Zoom, the illustrious Vibe Zoom. Sorry, I, I shouldn't be adding my own comments. <laughs> oh, no, you are, but I like it. It's good. And this podcast is another beautiful way that he holds space for others to speak truth to their pain, grief, and all the other emotions that are too often bottled up or ignored. In the latest episode, his guest Sarah Ramey hit the nail on the head, dubbing him the chief witnesser and how healing being truly heard can and how healing being truly heard can be. Oh, how it can be healing to be truly heard. Uh, but that that quality that that I think is hard for you to see or, or keep in mind sometimes because it's such a, it, it's a thing that it can only be reflected back to you or appreciated by somebody else. It's not like a performance. If you're playing a piano sonata and you're like, I got it all. I know all the notes. I practice it and I'm going to play it great. You're going out and you're opening up this space and leaving this space. And I know in private conversations with you, sometimes you you wonder what is this or am I doing it right? Or what, what, what went wrong or something, but that's what happens when you're a witnesser is sometimes it, maybe somebody doesn't appreciate it or they don't see it or they love it and it changes their life, which is the most common response. Yeah. But I think that's a great way, a great thing to call out of is the witnessing of this, which I think is a weird thing to think that a podcast can witness you, but it can. Yeah. Um, we talk about that in that Sarah Ramey episode, right? That the podcast is a version of that. You and I talked about it, that it's a version of, there's a way even that Thea mentioned in our conversation together where what's occurring is not just maybe someone sharing in a way that makes, that brings tears to our eyes, but that the sharing calls forth the tears as an acknowledgement. So there is a way that the podcast as a thing being listened to is calling forth a kind of listening that is um, that needs it. It's like a part of us that wants to be acknowledged in what we're hearing. That's part of the magic, I think, that happens at the open mics. It's, it's a chance to have people say, it's not just, ah, here's what I'm going through and have the audience get it and and hold it and witness it. It's that a lot of what happens when that occurs is the people that are listening, they have transformation or they have the acknowledgement. They feel the thing that's been inside of them finally have light shown on it. And so in the same way, the podcast can be that. And I and I I really believe that to have a guest get on or you and I talk and have any of us say something that a listener's been needing to hear. Mm-hmm for maybe years or maybe even a lifetime. And maybe the podcast does that. Yeah, definitely does. Let's read one more. Joe, the cyclist says, you're going to die. <laughs> That's the it's subject. Nice you're going to die. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought that was the whole uh, review. Just, I, I think restating <laughs> the premise of the show, you know? Yeah. Just to be clear. Reflecting, witnessing. Good job, Joe. In a Witnessing. Way. Thank you, Joe. This podcast helps you to live more fully. Wrapping words around the unmentionable is so powerful. Anytime I hear the word unmentionable, I think of underwear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unmentionables. It's funny how sex and death occupy this similar space of things that you can't talk about. Mm. Um, and that are a source of shame. I didn't mean to turn this into talk about sex, but <laughs> it is those areas of, of shame that then just keep growing. And 
even if you ignore them or you cut them out of things or you just say we can never talk about this they the shame grows if you have some issue or you're afraid or you're feel awkward or you know yeah it's the putting something away that needs to be out and what that turns into it's not like i'll put it in a compartment and that's where it stays like it's a living thing it's a force mm. be like putting a human in a closet you know yeah. it's like that 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 like thing it needs to get out more and more and more and something's happening to it in there too you know that it changes and maybe gets sick or like morphs into some something bigger than it ever was um i think that's it's it, it's the same with things like sex and death and taxes yeah taxes <laughs> <laughs> isn't it isn't that the same death and taxes <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to talk about taxes. <laughs> I don't either, man. But boy, it's turning into a monster. This last year, the things I things I'm going to write off. What isn't a business expense anymore? Now, right? Exactly. Everyone's a work from home. Write it all off. Big thanks to Joe and Pilates seventy nine and and uh, Walshy Doodle Dandy. I don't remember all the <laughs> the names of them right now, but but feeling really grateful for the the acknowledgement and 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 it is a chance to reflect and be like what are we doing what should we be doing more of what shouldn't we be doing so i like i like talking those over with you yeah all right well uh done with another episode huh mm-hmm. mark it yeah. on the chalkboard <laughs> chalk <laughs> great <laughs> goodbye everybody Seriously, goodbye. Classic. You're Going to Die, the podcast, is made possible with a grant from the Peck Foundation and listeners like you. If you'd like to support the podcast and more of what You're Going to Die is up to in the world, head over to www.yg2d.com and click Donate.